You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Also, 
Um, I believe she had two miscarriages in her life. Um, her husband left her when they were married, I think under a year. So, so much happened into her life, but she said nothing will stop me. Because again, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. Now something from my own life. As a teenager, I love to play um, strategy computer games. So maybe some of you know Age of Empires or some of these games. I used to play a game called Command and Conquer. Oh, Command and Conquer. So as the name says, you command uh, your soldiers and you conquer in this game. But I played against this one guy online, it's a true story. I don't know where he was from, maybe he was from India, China, Australia, I don't know. But I know he was a real person and I played against him online. And so basically now you build your camp and he builds his camp, a base. And so then you attack each other. And so basically now what he has done, he created a nuclear silo. So basically a nuclear weapon. It, of course in the game, so I'm still speaking about the game. But basically he created this weapon in the game. And then this weapon, it's a countdown. So it's basically five minutes, and then if five minutes are down, now he can shoot the weapon, the nuclear weapon. So if he shoots this weapon into my camp, my camp is destroyed. And I knew I would lose the game. But I had a clever idea. In, in my base, I had uh, a person who could hack into systems. So I sent this person, um, this person went into his camp, and it's an invisible person. And so this person was that hacking into his nuclear picture. system. And so basically, and then I see the timing. Two minutes, three, I mean two minutes, one minute, and then seconds. Ten, nine, eight, and, and my person is hacking into his system. Of course, again, everything in the game. Seven, <laughs> six, five, four, three, two, one, zero, and I closed my eyes. I mean, it's still a game, but I, I was really in the game. But you know what happened then? Exactly when it said zero, I hacked into the system. So now it was my nuclear weapon standing on his base, on his base, and then he realized it. Uh, but he couldn't do anything anymore, and then immediately it was on zero now. So I shot it, but it's his camp. So it flew from his camp onto his camp. And I don't know what happened to him. He probably took his laptop or a desktop computer. He probably smashed it into pieces. But see, I started off not good. I almost lost the game. But then I won the game. And this is something I will never forget in my life. See, it's again, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. It does not matter where you get spiritually now. What matters is for you just to make it to heaven. This, this is just what matters. Victory, e even, I'm a sports person. If you look football, uh, a team might win just with one zero. And you might even say it's a dirty win. It's, they did not re really play well. But in five years, who will remember? They will just remember one zero, that's it. They will not remember how the game played. So wherever you're spiritually right now, you already won in Christ. It's not about how you start, it's not where you're at today. It's about how you finish. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8. I hope you're having good quiet times. I love my quiet times. And uh, I want to speak, uh, my lesson is just my quiet time. <laughs> I've been boiling it, I've been frying it, I've been, I've been roasting it. This is just my quiet time I'm sharing with you today. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8. So you have Job, you have uh, Psalm, Proverbs, and then you have the book of Ecclesiastes. And of course, Ecclesiastes was written by a man uh, who is called Solomon. Solomon was the smartest man on earth. He did so many things, great things. And let's figure out what he says here in um, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8. Really powerful scripture. It says here, the end, of the end of a matter is better than its beginning. See, I actually took his title for my lesson. <laughs> the end of a matter is better than its beginning. And patience is better than pride. And patience is better 
than pride. As we learn here again, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And also what we learn here, what really got me when I read the scripture, it says here, patience is better than pride. So see, if you're not patient today, you're just prideful. I don't know about you, but I struggle with patience. I'm a man who struggles with patience. And if you're not patient, you're just prideful. Because God has everything under control. Wherever you're at spiritually right now, this is maybe where you need to be right now. You just need to learn from the situation. God has absolutely everything under control. Be patient with your situation right now. Be patient with people around you. Be patient with God. And I, you know what? I think the most difficult is be patient with yourself. A lot of times we're not patient with ourselves. We want to be here or there spiritually. But be patient with yourself. Be patient with yourself. Where you're at right now, this is where you need to be. You are where you need to be. You're in the perfect place right now, and I hope you believe it. I hope you believe that you're in the perfect place right now. We had an amazing devotional Friday night. Yeah. Uh, the singles devotional, it was about dating. And it was powerful. Um, Brandon and Eileen preached the word. Yeah. I've been to 100 million dating devotionals probably. Not really 100 million, but a lot of them. And uh, Brandon and Eileen, I've never seen anyone preaching how they preached. Brandon preached there, um, Kahim and I actually were sitting in the back. But we sit in the back and you still can feel the branded fire. It just really comes to you. And then Eileen went to the topics uh, usually women don't even go to. Uh, she, she was amazing. The speeches were incredible. But I learned a lot from this. And what I learned, and I hope you singles learned as well, uh, what Michael also said afterward, he said, um, be thankful where you are right now. If you are single, be happy with this. Because if you're not happy to be a single now, you will never be a happy married. So we need to be happy where we're at right now. Be happy in your situation. Be thankful where you're at. This year I started off completely differently. What I do now in my prayer, I just thank God for everything. Instead of asking God, God take away the sickness from me. God take away the situation from me. I just give thanks to God. God, God I'm sick. Thank you so much God that I'm sick. Because I need to be sick God. Thank you so much that I'm single because I need to be single right now. God, thank you so much that I'm this. Thank you so much that I'm, I'm patient. I mean, I don't want to be, uh, I want to be patient. But I need to be where I'm at right now. We need to be grateful and thankful for everything we're going through. And I'm so grateful. Mama Sue is here. with me on this. And Mama Sue is an amazing disciple. I, I spoke with her this morning and I said, you're one of my greatest supporters here. Or not just mine, but whoever is preaching. She's always there. And she just accepts this is where I'm at right now in my situation. This is where I need to be. It's amazing. It's amazing. And now we will focus on Solomon. So um, again, this uh, week I was studying out First Kings. And I focused on Solomon because Solomon was a man who did so many amazing things. And this was actually written by King Solomon Ecclesiastes. Let's speak about him. Solomon was the son of David. So he was the son of the man who loved God with all of his heart. So Solomon had the, probably, you could say, the most amazing father on earth. Solomon was the most smartest person on earth. So he would pass his uh, exams in university with flying colors. He, would, he, he was the smartest person on earth. Then he also was the one who built God's temple. And the God's temple, it was not just a temple. It was made out partially of gold. It was an amazing temple he built. Um, Israel, in his time, was completely at peace. Everything was perfect. Every other nation supported Israel. It was amazing. He made Israel into the most powerful nation. He unified the entire kingdom. In everything he was excellent. And the Bible says in his time, silver and bronze, they were of no value anymore. Because he had so much gold, 
that silver and bronze were nothing anymore. So in his time, maybe bitcoins, so they, they would not count by anything anymore. He had absolutely everything. Everything was splendid. But, but, he started off well, but he finished horrible. Let's go to 1 Kings 11. Let's learn from him. Let's learn from him. I actually believe uh, we, can, we, we don't necessarily need to do mistakes. We can just learn from people who've done the mistakes. That's why I like to read books. Because if you read books, you will learn from people who've done what you might do. So let's read books. And a, a leader is a reader. A leader is a reader. Uh, 1 Kings 11. And the first point is very simple. It's not about how you start, but about how you finish. It's not about how you start, but it's about how you finish. Finish 1 Kings 11. I will read verse um, 1 to 8. Verse 1 to 8. It says here, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them, because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives, <laughs> yes, of royal birth, and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. On a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same for all his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. That's a really powerful scripture because here we learn from a man who started off really well, but he did not finish well. So much to learn here. In, um, in uh, chapter 1, uh, I mean in verse 1 from chapter 11, it says, He loved many foreign women. And I love actually the King James Version here. You know what the King James Version says? It says he loved many strange women. So he says many strange women. But we're not necessarily speak in, in this lesson about women. What we focus on about the strangers in him, about, about the, it says here, he loved this women so much that his heart was not devoted to God anymore. Why? Because these women, they were not devoted to God. And this, the worship of Jehovah God was strange for them. It was just strange for them. What is strange in your life today? Is there anything strange in your life? Maybe there is a sin still in your life and it's still out there. I don't know, what is strange in your life today? What is foreign in your life and should not be there? What is the one thing as a disciple, you know it should not be there, it's foreign in you, but it's still there. It's still there. See, if you don't completely kill it in your life, it will kill you eventually. It's like a, tra a track runner. He's completely focused on the goal, but imagine he starts to uh, look at the left side, at the right side, as this one guy, he, he looks behind him, he do peace signs and everything, and then this guy will take off and win the race. So same with us, what, what does distract you today? What is foreign in your life? What is in your life it should not be there? What are you still holding on? Do you have any back door in your life? Do you have any back door in your life? Well, what I saw so many times, people will become disciples, and then after years, because this foreign thing in their lives, they did not get rid of this, it will catch up with you. 
it will catch up with you. Maybe it's worthiness, maybe it's, I don't know what it exactly is, but there is something, if there is something foreign in you today, you just need to get rid of it. Because down the line, it will catch up with you. It will catch up with you, and it will take you out of the kingdom. I, really, I've seen it so many times. Disciples coming into the kingdom, super fiery. Fiery, even becoming leaders, evangelists, women's ministry leaders, uh, just doing great things for God, but then falling away from their faith. Right. Why? Because there was something in their heart they never dealt with. I, I remember Michael discipled myself and another brother for a very long time. And I remember this brother, there was a particular sin in his life. And Michael mentioned it so many times, so many times, but this brother never got rid of the sin. And then finally the sin took him out of the kingdom of God. So we need to get rid of the foreign which is in us. And also what really hit me in the scripture, check out verse 4. It says here, as Solomon grew old, his wife, his wife's turned his heart. So see, this is exactly what I was talking about. Sin will take you after time. It's like cancer. It's like cancer. Cancer will not take you immediately on the next day. Cancer will spread in your body. Exactly. It's step by step. It's, it's one uh, part, then it will spread through your blood vessels, and then it will occupy your entire body, and you will die. And same with sin. Same with the foreign thing in our lives. We need to get rid of this. And as it says here, as Solomon grew old. See, it's amazing. Because God was patient with him. God told him, I still believe in you, Solomon. For so many years, uh, he had here thousand women in his life. And I believe it's probably, I'm not married, but I believe it's already difficult, not difficult, but challenging to have one wife in your life. <laughs> or maybe for the wives, one husband in your life. But here he had 700 wives. Imagine, imagine this. D times with 700 women. How can you do this? Listen to all the women. It's, it's amazing, I love women, but here he had 700 of them, it's challenging, it's challenging, imagine this. But see, God was patient with him, God was very patient with him. It says, as, as he grew old, he took him out. So see, same with you, if there is something foreign in your life, you need to get rid of it today. Today is the day. My challenge for you is very simple, get open with your discipleship partner and be free. It's always the case if you really get open about the thing which really hinders you to greater God. If you get open, you just feel free. I don't know about you. Yeah. When, when I'm in sin, when there is something I need to confess, I know I have to confess, but I'm not confessing, I feel guilty. Yeah. But whenever I'm confessing, I just feel free. I can fly, I can jump into the waters, I can swim, I can do absolutely anything. And the Bible also says, God can only lift up the humble in heart. God cannot lift you if you're not humble. And, and if... It's it just something is holding you back. And what is you holding you back? Solomon, he just loved pleasure. All the women in his life, and especially concubines. <laughs> I looked up what concubine actually mean, means. It means a woman who lives with a man, but has lower status than his wife or wives. So it's basically, they were just women for him, just for his pleasure, that's it. So see, Solomon was someone who loved pleasure more than God. And again, God was patient with him. But after time, it completely took him out. And I believe if sin will take you out, it's so difficult to come back. Um, I also saw so many disciples who, who left the kingdom of God because of sin. They came back and went again. It's like, if you, it's like almost like an injury. If you're injured, it's so difficult to come back. And again, speaking about sports, I love sports. I've seen so many great athletes. Uh, they, they've done so great. But then uh, even the striker here in England, I think it was um, um, Mr. Owen. Michael Owen. Michael Owen was an amazing striker, but I will never forget when he was taken out by an injury for, I think, many years. He never came back as strong as, 
as she was. <laughs> See sin, don't play with sin. Get rid of sin. Sin will completely de de uh, defile you. Sin will completely destroy you. Let's really be righteous as men and women of God. Let's really get rid of the sins in our life and let's really run the spiritual race. And then in verse 5 it says here, He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. I studied this out for myself because of course if we have quiet times, we study out everything, well, what it exactly means. Asherah basically, the worship of Asherah, uh, or basically, yeah, Asherah, or here it's called, um, uh, Ashtoreth, Asherah, basically the worship of her included sexual immorality, prostitution, divination, and fortune telling. Now here it also speaks about Molech. Molech included child sacrifice. And I believe Molech still, uh, um, he still is nowadays, I believe he still exists nowadays, uh, called child abortion. Child abortion is sin, it's basically sacrificing children as well. But what I learned here, Israel was, um, of course God told the Israelites, you go and you conquer completely the land of Canaan. They did not do it. And because they did not do it, then the sins entered them. And see, same with us. Is your heart completely conquered today for God? Is it completely conquered? Because Israel did not conquer Canaan completely, the sin of the Canaanites came into the Israelites. What is something in your heart which is not conquered today completely? What are you still struggling with? Again, as I said earlier, in Jesus you already gave the victory. But is there something which is not victorious in your life? Is there something in your life which is not completely conquered? Has Jesus occupied your heart fully today? Has Jesus occupied your heart fully today? I hope he did. Yeah. Let's move on. Second point. The greatest sin which will stop you from finishing the race. Do you want to find out what is the greatest sin which will stop you from finishing the race? I really want to find this out because I want to finish the race. As I want to, uh, as I want to come and conquer game, I want to win and conquer this game. I want to make it to heaven. And I want to find out what is the greatest sin which will stop me from getting to heaven. Let's move on in the scripture. Let's read right now verse 9. To verse 13 in the same chapter. It says here, the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the, sake of your of, for the sake of David your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the head of your son. Yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one tribe. For the sake of David my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Do you want to know what is the greatest sin of Christianity? The greatest sin is very simple. The greatest sin is not giving your entire heart to God. The greatest sin is not giving your entire heart to God. I think sometimes we as Christians will overcomplicate. We think it's this, it's that. No, it's all about giving your heart to God. It's all about loving God. I believe you love God, you will trust God and His people. I believe you love God, you will baptize. I believe you love God, you will be secure in God. It's all about, it's all about loving God. Because here it says, it's really interesting. In the scripture it says God was not angry with him because he worshipped Molech. Because you worship all the other uh, idols? No, he says, I'm angry with you because you did not devote your heart fully to me. Why? Because if you do not devote your heart fully to God, you will fall into sins. It, it, it's like a magnet. If you're not walking with God 
uh, sin has such an easy game with you. But if you're walking with God, it's, it's like you have this, um, you have uh, this protection shield around you. You're walking with God, and no matter what's coming through you, uh, people might throw something at you. You just secure in God. If you walk with God, but if you do not walk with God, you will be insecure. If you do not walk with God, you will get into sin. It's very easy. And even with myself, uh, I just discovered some days of this week. And of course, we are a church where we open with each other, aren't we? Uh, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday. I did. I think it was Thursday. I did not have a really good uh, quiet time in the morning. I had a good prayer, but I did not have a good Bible study for myself. So I was traveling, and the day overall was still good. But I just felt more weak spiritually. I struggled with, with lust on this day more than I usually do. I struggled with impatience more on this day than I usually do. And I struggled on this day with sin more than I usually do. Why? Because I did not have the greatest quiet time. See, the greatest sin of Christianity is not to give your heart fully to God. You fall in or fall out. That's why, thank you, yes, you fall in or fall out. Give your heart completely to God today. Let's give our hearts completely to God today. And of course, in the Seeking God study, that's why we teach, seek God with all of your heart. Because Satan, he will not be, um, he will not, he will not be happy with just 1% of your heart. If you just give him 1%, he will go after more and more. It's like you have, um, you have the water, it's completely pure. It's completely clean. But then you put this one drop of oil, and the entire water becomes dirty and unclean. And same with us, we really need to go after God with all of our hearts. If you do not give your heart fully to God today, Satan is an easy game for you. So again, what are some areas in your life where you know you do not give your heart fully to God today? Just repent from it. Just go after your quiet time, just pray to God, and God will overcome absolutely anything in your life. Because who is God? God is the one who created you. God is the one who created even Satan. Not uh, Satan, the one who um, fell from uh, heaven there. But he created the good Satan, who was Lucifer, who was actually the light bringer. So God can overcome absolutely anything. But we need to go after God. Now let's go to the third point. The third point is, kill or will be killed. Kill or be killed. This is the first point. Kill or be killed. Let's go to 1 Kings 11 again. But now, verse 14 to 21. Also another powerful scripture here. From verse 14 it says, Then the Lord raised up against Solomon an adversary, hated the Edomite. From the royal line of Edom. Earlier when David was fighting with Edom, Job, the commander of the army, who had gone up to bury the dead, had struck down all the men in Edom. Job and all the Israelites stayed there for six months until they had destroyed all the men in Edom. But Hadad, still only a boy, fled to Egypt with some Edomite officials who had served his father. They set out for Midian and went to Paran. Then taking men from Paran, with them they went to Egypt to Pharaoh, a king of Egypt, who gave Herod a house and land and provided him with food. Pharaoh was so pleased with Herod that he gave him a sister of his own wife, Queen Tethanis, in marriage. The sister of Tethanis bore him a son named Genebeth, whom uh, Tethanis brought up in the royal palace. There, Genebeth lived with Pharaoh's own children. While he was in Egypt, Herod heard that David rested with his fathers, and that Job, the commander of the army, was also dead. Then Hadad said to Pharaoh, let me go that I may return to my own country. This is a really powerful scripture. So what we find out here, you have this child, he's called Hadad. And uh, of course he sees uh, how his entire nation was destroyed. His entire nation of the Edomites was destroyed. And then what I believe happened to him, he developed some bitterness in his heart. 
he developed a lot of criticality in his heart, and now when he sees David die, he wants to go back to Israel, and he wants to destroy Israel. He wants to fight against Solomon. And it's also really interesting, it says here, for six months, he, um, Edom was destroyed for six months. And I think it's the same with us, when we were studying the Bible, uh, some of us were studying for six months, some of us for six days, some of us for six weeks were studying the Bible, some of us maybe just for six hours, I don't know. But we were studying the Bible, we were studying the Bible, and God was working on our hearts. But maybe there is still a hatred in your heart. What do I mean with hatred? Hatred, he was taken out, uh, all the Edomites were taken away, but hatred survived. And hatred wanted to come back and destroy Israel. And same with us, you study the Bible. And I want to ask you, is there something in your heart which is still there and shouldn't be there? Is there hatred in your heart? What is there in your heart and it shouldn't be there? What is hatred in your life? What is the sin in your life you're not taking serious? It's also really interesting, it says here, that of course he fled, he fled uh, to Egypt. And then it says here, he was fed by the Egyptians. So he was fed by the Egyptians. Are you feeding your hatred? Are you feeding the hatred in your life? See, he was gone. And then he comes stronger. And same with us, when you got baptized, all your sins were washed away. But maybe there is still a sin in your life which you're still feeding. And see if you're feeding the sin over and over again, it will come back and it will completely take you out. Hated, he was fed. And then he came stronger than ever. He came stronger than ever and he wanted to destroy. He wanted to destroy all Israel. Are you feeding your sin? Are you feeding your insecure thoughts? What are you feeding today? We need to feed our spiritual thoughts. We need to go after our quiet times. What is the hatred in your life? And as I spoke a couple weeks ago, I love to watch TV shows. Some of you, um, you maybe watch this TV show Stranger Things. And it's an amazing show. It's not strange, it's a really cool show. But basically in the show, you have a small town. You have a small town, and in this small town, you have a laboratory. And this laboratory actually opened the door to another dimension. And this dimension is actually a dimension of darkness. So now you have a lot of darkness creeping in into the city. So it's like, you now allowing you in the light. And then something amazing happened uh, there. Uh, you have a group of children. And uh, they, they just have a lot of fun. And then one day, you have this one guy. Uh, one child, he's called Dustin. And so Dustin, one morning, he wakes up. So he goes out, and he hears something very loud in his backyard. And basically, in the bin, a, a loud noise comes out of the bin. Uh, like really, uh, like a monster. So he hears something out coming off the bin. So he uh, takes a weapon and he wants to destroy it. So he opens the bin and you know what he found actually in the bin? He found a reptile in the bin. But this reptile was, this reptile was very small and he never seen such a reptile. So he takes it out, he went to the library and he started to research for this type of reptiles. He never seen uh, this reptile before. And even the books, they don't speak about this reptile. So it looks like it's a new creation, like it, it's, it's a reptile which never been found before. So he's actually very excited. He thought, okay, I, I found a reptile which never was found before. I found something really cool. And so he goes even to his teacher in school. He tells him, look, I found something. Can I give it a name? Can I call it after my own name? Then he goes to his uh, children friends. So Dustin goes to his friends and he tells them, look, I found this reptile. He even gave, gave the reptile a name. And he called it Dart. Uh, like Dart and Jan and the Three Musketeers. So he called it Dart. And uh, he called this reptile dark. But then his friends saw something which should not be there. This reptile was growing very, very quick, very rapidly. And it was small, but then next day it was already bigger, bigger. And it, it grew very fast. 
And so the friends actually told him, kill it. Take it out of your life, it's something dangerous. But he did not listen to him. So he kept it in his aquarium in the house. And then one day he came back into the house. And then his mom was looking for his cat. And the mom could not find the cat anywhere. And you probably see where it's going right now. So he, so the mom did not find the cat anywhere. Now he goes into his room, he opens the door, and he sees the aquarium destroyed to pieces. And the aquarium does not exist anymore. And then behind the couch in his room, he hears a voice, not a voice, but like, like a really strange, uh, str something strange is happening there. He goes, looks behind the couch, and he sees Dart there. But Nart, Dart is not anymore the small reptile. Dart is huge, and Dart is eating his cat. And so then he wanted to catch Dart, but Dart just, Dart, Dart just ran out. And of course, um, going ahead of the story, the story is much more larger, but you know what happened then? Dart became very strong, Dart became a monster, and Dart invited all the other monsters to come into the city to destroy the entire city. So see and same in our lives. Same like Dart. What is the Dart or hate in your life today? Get rid of it. Feel free. See, there are some things in our lives as disciples. Maybe you even got advice on it. Maybe your discipleship partner spoke to you. Maybe you did a Bible study or something, and you clearly see it should not be in your life, but it's still in your life. Get rid of it. Because if you don't get rid of it with time, it will eat you. Like Dart ate the cat, it will eat you at one point. So we just need to get rid of it. And let's move on. Let's uh, move on in the Bible scripture here. Uh, verse 23 to verse 26. It says here, and God raised up against Solomon another adversary, Rezon, son of Eliada, who had fled from his master, Hedayazir, king of Zobah. He gathered men around him and became the leader of a band of rebels, when David destroyed the forces of Zobah. The rebels went to Damascus, where they settled and took control. Rezon was Israel's adversary as long as Solomon lived, adding to the trouble caused by Herod. So Rezon ruled in Aram and was hostile toward Israel. Verse 26, also Jeroboam, son of Nebat, rebelled against the king. He was one of Solomon's officials in Ephraimite, from Zerida, and his mother was a widow named Zeruah. It's an amazing Bible scripture, because what we see here, he had one enemy, which was hated. Then he got another enemy, and then another enemy. And same with sin, sin never stops. Sin is like a magnet. If you're in sin, it will bring more and more sin in your life. So that's why you need to get rid of hatred in your life. You need to get rid of the darts in your life. What is the one thing which still occupies you? What is the one thing, if you write it down right now, and you know we're running the race, but it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. What is the one thing in this race of Christianity which will stop you from making it to heaven? We need to get completely rid of it. See, the Bible says it's about life adoption. We need to watch our life adoption closely. It's not just about being in the right church. It's about being the right church. It's about being the right Christian. You might have the entire right doctrine. You might know what the Bible teaches, but now you need to live according to it. What makes this church different from every other church if you do not live the life? You need to live the life and have the doctrine. And to live the life, we need to get rid of everything which hinders you. I want to see you running the race. I want to see every one of you winning the race. I want to see you all making it to heaven. But we need to get rid of the hatred or the dart in our lives. Because again, it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. And again, in summary, the end of a matter is better than its beginning. Yeah. It is not about how you start, but about how you finish. 
It does not matter how you make it to heaven. Just make it to heaven. The greatest destruction in Christianity is not loving God with all of your heart. Let us love God with all of our hearts. And let's destroy the sin which entangles so easily. Do Bible studies with yourself. Get open today with your discipleship partner. But whatever you struggle with, do a Bible study in this area. If you struggle with insecurity, do Bible studies on security. If you struggle with pride, do Bible studies on humility. If you struggle with impurity, do Bible studies for yourself on purity. Because Bible can destroy absolutely anything in your life. Let's be runners who really make it to heaven. To God be all the glory. Thank you so much. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one